Hi, this is Chris Date, and you're listening to the The Apologetics Podcast, Episode 13, Unbelievable. Today I'll be interviewing Justin Brierley, host of Premier Christian Radio UK's Unbelievable Radio program, discussing how his experiences hosting the show have impacted his faith. First, I want to thank Glenn Peoples for talking with me in last episode about his view of the human soul. I am very much looking forward to our follow-up interview, in which we'll be devoting the entire discussion to challenges to his position, focusing on biblical challenges in particular. But I don't want any of you to feel after listening to both episodes that there was some big challenge which was left unaddressed. So please contact me on the The Apologetics Facebook page or as a comment at the The Apologetics blog or email me at theapologetics at hotmail.com explaining for me the challenges you'd like Glenn to answer during his next appearance. I have a couple of resources I'll be turning to uh, in order to compile my own list of challenges, but it's very uh, it's very likely that there are some of you listening right now who have what you think are very powerful arguments against physicalism as a philosophy of mind, arguments which I might not think of myself and which I might not stumble upon in the resources that I'll be turning to. So if you don't share these arguments with me, you'll have nobody to blame but yourself if after listening to the episode in which Glenn next appears, you don't think I challenged him very well. Uh, as they say at weddings, speak now or forever hold your peace. <laughs> so, next up in the cycle of promos that I've been going through is Greg Kokel's Stand to Reason radio show. This is the show your pastor warned you about. Hello, friends. Greg Kokel here, Stand to Reason, and I'm so glad you joined me today. Looking forward to three hours of conversation, reflection, and uh, giving you a piece of my mind on the most important things that we can be thinking about. And yes, I think thinking is critical, even though feeling is part of it. I don't know if I've said this before on the air regarding Christianity. Pardon me. But uh, emotions are what makes life delicious, and uh, careful thinking is what makes life safe. Greg's show is aired Sundays from 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. If you don't listen from the California area, you may need to listen online, and I'll provide a link in the show notes to a place where you can where you can do just that. Or you can download the podcast, at which shows are archived the day after they air. I definitely recommend you check it out, as well as the rest of Greg Kokel's Stand to Reason Ministry at www.str.org. With that, let's move into today's interview. You're unbelievable. I'm joined today by my guest, Justin Brierley, host of the Unbelievable Radio Program. Thanks so much for joining me today. Uh, thank you very much for having me with you, Chris. <laughs> Let me first say that unlike your years of interviewing experience, I've only just begun interviewing, so <laughs> be patient with me and don't hold my inexperience against me. Well, I've listened to a couple of the podcasts, Chris, and I think you're doing a very good job. So uh, I'm, I'm sure there's a a burgeoning career in broadcasting ahead of you. Who knows? Well, thanks. I appreciate that. So we unbelievable fans are accustomed to you faithfully playing a neutral role as a you know debate moderator. But in all the episodes I've listened to, I don't think I've ever heard you talk much about yourself, um, apart from the admission that you're a Christian. So 
because I've got you on the other side of the microphone, as it were, I'd like to learn a little bit more about you. Um, you've asked your guests often to share their background and, you know, sort of their journey to faith. What's yours? What's your testimony? Well, my story is that I, you know, uh, was privileged to be born into a Christian family. Um, so my mum and dad are Christians, and uh, I grew up going to church, uh, involved with church. I uh, went to a, a reasonably charismatic church as a child and, and in my teens. And um, I, I guess I'd say that there was a point at which faith became real for me, you know, that it stopped being just uh, the faith of my parents and mm. me coming along because they took me. Uh, and, and that was really um, on a youth weekend. I think probably a lot of people could share that kind of experience of uh, some point in their youth uh, in a group of, you know, their peers where um, suddenly things start to fall into place. Hmm. And we went away for a youth weekend with this church that I was part of at the time. And um, uh, I had, you know, what I would describe as, you know, my road to Damascus moment. Uh, I, some people, for some people, it's a, it's a kind of a long process where they just kind of finally realise that they're there. For me, actually... I'd say I, I had a, a really kind of definite experience where I would say that was the day, the time that I felt like my life changed because I got serious about God. I asked him into my life and there, um, you know, um, that was, you know, the point at which I'd say that this, you know, I was filled with the spirit as well in that mm. sense. Um, I, and I don't think that experience has ever left me. I've certainly changed and grown and you know, my faith has matured, but sure. I would still always pinpoint that as being the start of the journey for me in a serious sense. I see. Well, how, what, what led to the creation of the Unbelievable show? I mean, how and why did you become involved? Well, kind of, I guess, carrying on from that point where I became a Christian, I, I um, um, went on to university and at university, I did politics, philosophy and economics uh, at, at Oxford University. And that is um, the kind of degree where you do a lot of thinking, especially because I was interested in the philosophy side uh, primarily. Mm. And so I got to grips with a lot of philosophical issues at that time. Not that many to do with specifically, you know, philosophy of religion and that kind of thing. In fact, I wish I had done it now on reflection, but I never actually chose the, the paper on philosophy of religion. But uh, no nonetheless, there were lots of issues that kind of, you know, were, were obviously relevant. Um, I was going to the Christian Union. I was involved in those sorts of things. I was involved in a drama group as well. Uh, we would kind of do evangelistic dramas and things. So <laughs> I've always had a real passion for uh, putting faith out there and putting faith across in creative ways, if possible. You know, I, you know, enjoyed talking to my friends and trying to explain why Christianity meant so much to me. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and and I, I became a big fan both just before I went to university and while I was there of C.S. Lewis. And I'd grown up hearing the Narnia stories and, and uh, being read those. But right. it was really, you know, in my late teens that I discovered his apologetic work. And that really excited me, got me really keyed into some of these key arguments. And he such, had had such an amazing, you know, way of crystallizing thoughts and uh, analogies right. in ways that really hit home. And so he remains one of my favorite apologists of all time. And um, for me, that I think was the start of me realizing wow, there's a lot to think about. There's a real intellectual challenge to Christianity. And um, and then after university, having got married and started doing sort of radio, um, starting out in 
just doing it uh, on Christian Radio. Premier Christian Radio is is the the organisation I've worked for pretty much since since leaving university. Um, I initially started on doing a breakfast show uh, as a co-host on that. That eventually led into doing my own show, and and about five years ago, Unbelievable began, um, mm. which initially was a live show where we took calls and things um, in that way. Doesn't doesn't include the live call element any longer. Sure. Um, it kind of focuses down more on just the guests who are with me in the studio, and we have more of a kind of feedback on the back of that, as it were. But um, but I suppose the reason I had when I went to the manager of the radio station and said, I've got this idea um, for a radio show where we bring Christians and non-Christians together into the studio. Uh, the reason I did that was because I felt like looking at all our output on this Christian radio station, we had almost nothing really that engaged with non-Christians. It was all Christians talking to Christians about yes. Christian things, which is which is great, you know, and Christians need to be encouraged and inspired and motivated. And there were obviously lots of things we talked about in terms of engaged, you know, programs, resources for engaging non-Christians, but we never actually directly engaged non-Christians. <laughs> yeah. And so I thought, well, well, you know, this seems like a bit of an oversight. And, and the director, you know... T- to give him his due, he he really embraced the idea. Whereas I think some would have been, uh, you know, worried at the thought of inviting atheists, Muslims, people of all kinds of worldviews into a Christian radio station to say what they believe. <laughs> right. Uh, and and indeed, at the beginning of when the program first started airing, I got a lot of complaints from the listeners of the radio station. Who a lot of listeners who just didn't like the idea of atheists coming on air and telling you telling them why they don't think god exists yeah and i understand that because it, i think it's very challenging to people who kind of have you know been used to a kind of christian bubble where they don't have to think too much about what people outside the christian faith are saying um and i had to kind of weather that for a while until people started to understand what the program was there for and then people who didn't like it could just choose to tune out at that yeah. time on a Saturday when it was happening. Um, so I've, I, I, I only get about one of those a month now. Um, people I think of who are regular listeners have just learned that if they don't like it, then they shouldn't tune in. But on the other hand, I also started getting from fairly early on a lot of emails and, and letters from people saying, I'm so glad that, that your radio station is doing this. It's about time we, you know, started to engage seriously with people of other views and that sort of thing. And that, that's obviously continued. And, and I'd say the most exciting thing of the last few years has been the growth of the program as a, as a podcast. It was never, you know, when, when it began five years ago, I'd never heard the word podcast. Uh, it was a relatively new phenomenon. Mm. Um, but it was, the nature of the program, once the whole podcasting thing took off, um, it, it was just ideal, really, for that kind of audience um, who, who want to hear this kind of engagement. And because when I looked around, I didn't see a lot of other shows doing this, a lot of other podcasts bringing actually Christians and non-Christians together to do the debate. A lot of There are a lot of apologetics podcasts out there, very good ones, but, but not many that actually do the discussion, as right. it were, on a, on a regular basis. So... So I just felt this would be valuable and, and, uh, you know, over time it, words got round and, and people seemed to enjoy it. So I've, I've been really glad about the way that, that the, the show has grown online in the last few years. Right. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. There's nothing like it. Um, 
at least definitely not here in the States. And, and I think that you're right. That's exactly why the podcast format has been so valuable is you've attracted, you know, people all over, from all over the world that wouldn't have otherwise gotten to listen. Um, now the, there've been a lot of big names on the show in recent years, at least, um, I want, was this always the case? And if not, how did Unbelievable gain the level of notoriety uh, that I think would be required to attract some of the bigger names? Yeah, I, I guess I've always, you know, just taken a chance and asked, you know, some of the big people out there, the big hitters, if, huh. if they would come on. And, and I've been surprised when, in a way, they've said yes. I think I think it helps a lot that um, it is a radio show. Mm. Um, so... Uh, whereas obviously a lot of the people who are tuning into your podcast will only know it as a podcast it, it is actually a radio show and and because of that i think um it's easier to ask people to come on to a radio show than a podcast in a sure. way they 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 feel okay yeah this this sort of has quite a broad appeal rather than maybe just a, speaking to a niche but uh, having said that you know uh, i i i think people are as well coming to realize the value of podcasting as as a, a really useful new medium and and that you know personally i I think unbelievable would fare very happily as a podcast in itself if it didn't have a radio side i'm very glad it does have the radio side but but um but i think that's part of it so people felt like they were coming on to a radio station and they would be reaching obviously a lot of um a lot of ears through Mm. through what they wanted to say um and and I live in a you know because I'm I'm fortunate if you like to to have that resource of the radio station, it just meant that you know occasionally a big if we have a Christian guest coming in who was well known in one form or another for another radio show, then I would try and book book him in for my show, you know, oh, yeah. or her in for my show. So and, and because London, you know, where I record the show, uh, we're in central London, our studios, it's a very good location for people you know certainly in the uk because people at some point you know if if they're doing anything in the uk are passing through london it's a good place to be for catching people so very often if it's been for instance a well-known american atheist like you know for instance dan barker or someone you know he I or or Victor Stenger, you know, I caught them because I I heard they were coming to the UK <laughs> and they were going to be passing through London. So I emailed them and said, "Could you fit me into your schedule?" You know, and and that sort of thing is is the way it works. And so people, you know, uh, I think both the location and and the fact that it's the radio show, and and inevitably once you've had a few people who are reasonably noteworthy on, then the next time you ask someone else, you can say, "And of course we've had so and so and so and so and so and so on." It all helps, you know, um, but but I've just enjoyed it. And uh, and I think people have enjoyed it when they've come on as well. They've realized, whereas I think a lot of people sometimes get a bit annoyed at the fact that what their experience of a media interview is kind of like a, a one minute soundbite where they just kind of get to say a sentence and then, you know, they've moved on to something else. This show really gives a lot of space. Um, for people to explore issues and to really develop their arguments and things. And so mm. some of, you know, the people I've had on, pretty well-known people have said, I really enjoyed that. It's the first time I've actually been able to really have a proper discussion on a radio show. And and I think that's part of the appeal slightly is that actually they feel like they really get to say what they want to say rather than just kind of being forced into a kind of a media soundbite, as, as is often the case in media, because most most media is is very quick, very snappy. Yeah. So so I, I'd say that's all to do with it. Yeah, I think that makes sense. You know, 
<clears throat> I can really easily understand, I think, um, the show's appeal to Christians like myself who, who uh, you know, have a real thoughtful or, or thinking faith. But w- what I sometimes wonder is why is it that the show appeals to the non-Christian crowd? I mean, I, I gather that uh, you've obviously got a lot of atheist listeners and, and other worldviews um, that listen. Why, what do you think the sh- why do you think the show appeals to them? I think primarily the show appeals because... I try to be quite neutral on the program and because they feel like there's a fair crack of the whip is being given to either side, as it were. Mm. Um, I, I, I'd say that's what I hear most often from atheists and non-Christians who contact the show. They will say, I don't agree with you <laughs> um, or what the Christian guest said, but I really appreciated that the atheist or whoever was given the space to say what they thought and they really appreciate that there's um the interaction is is being made available i think some non-christians get hacked off if they hear a podcast or or a christian radio show or whatever where it's just the christian point being put now that's fine if you're a christian but uh, very often you know the atheist will be there saying oh but they haven't thought about such and such or such and such so they actually really enjoy the opportunity to hear their man if you like having their say and mm. having the interaction. And, and it's been interesting how much that has grown, you know, um, uh, especially with it being in the podcast form. I think that we've had, va- you know, so many atheists have started listening to the show. Obviously, uh, uh, in terms of the, the show as it is on a Christian radio station, the vast majority of the listeners are Christians. So sure. I only very occasionally had, you know, interaction from atheists or not, or non-Christians who just happened to have stumbled upon it, you know. Um, but once the show started going as a podcast and people were able to find it that way. Um, I, I quickly started receiving more and more correspondence from non-Christians who were saying they, they enjoyed the show. And I think this is again, one of the aspects of, of the, the world of the podcast is that it, um, it, it allows an audience to exist that wouldn't otherwise be able to exist. And so in some ways, because you're dealing with a relatively niche subjects, um, not everyone, you know, not all people who are non-religious will enjoy tuning into this show. But for those who really enjoy the kinds of intellectual arguments and discussion that go on, um, the, the, the fact that there is a podcast means that suddenly you can capture so many people around the world who are interested in that kind of a show. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and so that, that's really been, been, been great to, 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 to have interactions with atheists, non-Christians and Christians on a weekly basis who are listening in all kinds of areas around the world. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you quite often find yourself sitting between really bright minds. I mean, academics, intellectuals, um, very highly educated writers and philosophers and PhDs. When, when you're probing your guests, you sometimes point out that like many of your listeners, you're kind of new to the subjects that they discuss. And so you come across to me as sort of a typical layperson, an average Joe, you know, so to speak, which is kind of what I consider myself. Do you do this just for the sake of remaining neutral or, or do you, you know, where do you fall on the spectrum of scholarship? It's always difficult because I'm, I'm always caught in a conundrum. I, I want to keep the show reasonably, you know, as it were, not not go too highbrow or too technical too quickly because i do want to make it have a wide appeal you know to the layperson and i do regard myself as a layperson i don't see myself as as an expert in any of the areas we talk about Mm. um 
but I have an interest in them. Right. And I, I kind of, I kind of look at the average listener to the show as, as being in a similar position of having an interest. Uh, and what that calls upon me to do is to certainly do a little bit of research, at least, uh, on a, a, a given topic if I'm not particularly familiar with it. Um, and, and so that I can at least have an idea where this conversation is going to go, what the key points are that need to be drawn out, uh, and where the areas of debate lie. Hmm. Um, and, and so, so that is, if you like, I feel my role is, is to at least have that much, um, kind of knowledge about the, the, the topic while, it, while still not expecting to be a world, you know, leader on it. Um, <laughs> right. And so, so I, 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 I do very much see myself as, as with some shows, I feel like I've, I've done this a number of times that I kind of know where the arguments all lie. Hmm. Other shows which are quite new to me, other topics that are new to me, I feel like I'm very much with the, the, the average listener learning as I go along, um, not particularly, you know, having explored the issue before, perhaps. Um, and yeah, I, I, as you say, I, I do try to remain neutral. Um, sometimes I don't because <laughs> I just feel that there's a question that is being dodged or some issue that really hasn't been responded to properly. And, and so, you know, there, that's probably the most time when when my christian side comes out if if i feel like the atheist but but i don't know i just i just have adopted the the sort of um th- that role quite naturally of, of trying to to be fairly neutral give you know speaking up on behalf of the christian at times speaking up on behalf of the non-christian at other times um putting myself in the shoes of the person who's asking you know well how can that make sense whether it be of the christian or the non-christian um and and as uh, you know, some people do actually have to listen to a few shows before they realise that I am actually a Christian myself, if, mm. if I haven't stated it outright on the show. I mean, funnily enough, you know that that question does come up um, occasionally, um, and I would assume most people, if once they realise that the show is broadcasting on a Christian radio station, <laughs> right. realise that that I am that I am a Christian. But but in fact, you know, a, a lot of people sort of do ask me when they email in oh by the way what do you actually believe <laughs> um so so <laughs> it's interesting that that obviously um i'm i'm managing to, to be so neutral that i people aren't even aware of, of which side of the issue i stand on but yeah, uh, yeah it, it's fun and and I, I i thoroughly enjoy if you like just having the opportunity and the privilege of interacting with so many fascinating topics and guests and 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 being able to you know look into things that I wouldn't ever have the time or, you know, normally to, to be able to, to, to look at and effectively, you know, getting paid to read books that I would want to read anyway in my own spare time. So, right. so it's, it's good. And, and, and I really, you know, I, I count myself very fortunate in that respect. Yeah. And I could totally relate. I think that I could understand. I mean, I think that I would likewise enjoy those kind of experiences, but I'm trying to put myself in, in the shoes, uh, that you wore when Unbelievable first started. Um, you know, here you are sort of a typical lay person, um, exposing yourself to what are very powerful or at least seemingly very powerful arguments from the most brilliant non-Christians out there. You know, um, what was this like? I mean, just beyond being in the presence of, these bright minds but but actually in terms of the challenges leveled at your faith was this something that made you nervous was there an element of fear maybe i'd say there definitely was and funnily enough i got i just got an email this last week into the show someone asking me um how how have you coped with exactly the question you're asking you know all the challenges over the years that the show has brought um how have you remained strong in your faith 
And um, well, if you listen to the show this weekend, I, I read that out and I give a response, but I'll, I'll kind of repeat it here, which is that um, at the beginning, definitely, because I was new, wet behind the ears, as it were, um, mm. to the whole thing. Every time I heard a persuasive argument against Christianity, it would go. I would think, "Wow, that's a good argument." Ooh, I hadn't thought of that before, um, or I hadn't realised that so and so says that the Bible is can't be trusted because of such and such, you know, and, and all these sorts of things. And um, and so that you know that that kind of would obviously then drive me to find well, who's the best? Per- who's got the best argument out there? <laughs> against this you know and so very quickly as you start to explore these subjects you start to get a handle on on what the issues are what the arguments are and who's responding to them and i think that five years on um you know i i'm now in the position of probably having encountered just about every argument that is out there in some form or another do you know what i mean if there is something new or novel then I'll want to hear about it because I'll be putting it on my show in a, you know, in the next week or two. But as far as I can see, you know, most of the time now we're covering stuff we've covered before in one way or another. Um, and, and in all that time, um, I've, uh, although when I first heard those arguments, they have often been a kind of a, Ooh, that, that's a good point. I hadn't thought of that sort, hmm. sort of issue. Um, it hasn't been long before I found a very satisfying Christian counter argument. And uh, and so on balance over all the years, I'd say that um, I, I have found that the intellectual case for Christianity is very strong. Hmm. There have been lots of arguments that I hadn't considered before that I've had to consider. But nonetheless, I still haven't found that it has in that sense shaken my faith. I'd say, if anything, my faith is stronger because I've seen just how, if you like, uh, robust the Christian faith is when it comes to actually interacting with the arguments. Um, and so, um, I'd say that, that, you know, in, in that way, my faith has, has grown. It's changed in some ways. I've had to come to perhaps new understandings of concepts where I've had to enlarge my sort of, uh, con- uh, 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 the idea of a concept. You know, for instance, you know, a lot of people will come to the idea of, um, biblical inerrancy with a, a certain, you know, what that means in mm. mind. Having done some shows on that, it's, I haven't, I, I'd still say I've, you know, I see the Bible as infallible, but I, I have a, I kind of, I have a more nuanced view of what that actually means in mm. terms of, you know, well, does it mean that everything in the Bible has to, you know, state exactly what science would say of it now? No, because, you know, there are obvious instances in the Bible where you, it doesn't have to say that to still be, to still not be incorrect, as it were. It might just be that it was in, that society's understanding of a thing or whatever mm. you know so I, I i think there are all these kinds of in, interesting areas where you use you, you of course start to nuance and understand certain terms in 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 new ways um that but i mean uh, at the end of the day as well as well as the intellectual arguments what what has always stayed with me through the years of doing the show is that i've never found a more compelling worldview than Christianity yeah. and I've interacted with so many worldviews now on the program and for me that that is something that is is kind of a little bit different to the intellectual arguments uh, is about actually what kind of a, a hope does your worldview offer what kind of a story of the world does it offer um, and for me 
you know, it is the hope of Christianity and the kind of uh, the way that it actually makes a difference and can actually be a force for change in the world that, that for me is one of the strongest things about about Christianity. Something yeah. that I think you struggle to find in any other worldview, especially atheism. But <laughs> um, but in, in any case, um, at the end of the day, and I've, I've always said this as well, my beliefs are not simply based on a kind of, you know, some zero of whether which side has the best intellectual arguments. It, it, my, my belief, my, my relationship with God started, as I say, as a teenager when I accepted Christ. And that, if you like, is a subjective experience. It's not something I can necessarily, you know, pull out, you know, as a PhD thesis, but hmm. it's something which I, I don't think any Christian should ever have a faith that is based purely on intellectual arguments because right. that's that's only half of faith that in fact it's not really a faith is it no but you know as you as you said that it's really grown your faith yeah absolutely I, and and I, I think inevitably whenever anyone starts to interact with these kinds of issues their faith will change not in a bad way i think some people worry that you know if we talk about our faith changing or growing that that inevitably means you know in a kind of more liberal direction or something like that. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd say that all it does is that it stretches you to think actually in bigger terms and think, um, you know, uh, more outside the box in the ways that God can work and, and just, you know, makes you really grapple with some of the issues that the Bible raises, that modern philosophy raises. And uh, I, I've never, I've, uh, you know, as much as I've, there's always been moments, you know, when I felt, yeah, that there were some really good arguments out there against Christianity. I've never ever felt like, uh, you know, my faith is in, in any serious sense been shaken by what mm. I've heard. Yeah. And, and, and would you say that, uh, you know, since those early episodes that, that, uh, you've developed a greater level of confidence. And so, you know, even though you sometimes have a little bit of, uh, um, nervousness if you know at a new argument overall you're you're much more confident than you were in the past yeah and i think i think inevitably whenever someone it, it's kind of like there are there are so many arguments out there that even if someone kind of comes up with a really novel new form of say the you know um the argument from evil uh, or suffering against mm. god you kind of have to weigh that in the balance against the fact that well, there's an argument against God, but what about the arguments for the existence of God? You right. know, arguments like the cosmological argument, um, like the resurrection, like uh, and uh, other things. It's not like one argument wins the day, as it were. You've got to kind of see that there's it's one in a spectrum of arguments for and against. And and even if there was an argument where I felt, for, for whatever reason, Christianity has the poorer, if you like, side of the debate, has has you know less. Uh, it, it, you know, it isn't doing so well, if you like, on, on that side. You kind of have to weigh that against the fact, well, there are plenty of other arguments out there in the opposite direction in other areas. And yeah. you, you, I think the problem is many people I come across have only ever interacted with one argument about God. And so that's their, their belief is based on the argument from suffering, for instance. Right. And they've never actually even considered that there are other arguments about the argument for morality argument, you know, cosmological argument uh, and other ones besides which you could also, you know, quite easily show there's, there's great other counterpoints, if you like. 
So, uh, so for me, that's, that's quite important. And I, I hope that the show, as it's drawn in, um, people from other worldviews and atheists, etc., has started to challenge some of those assumptions. I think what I, 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 I very rarely hear of atheists having been converted through my program. Mm. But what I do hear of is, is atheists and non-Christians who have been made to think twice about what they thought about Christianity. Certainly no one can go away having listened to a few episodes of the program and still hold the position that Christianity is simply for people who have thrown their brains in the bin. So <laughs> right. at, the, at, at the very least, I hope it's challenging that kind of assumption. But I would also hope that beyond that, it starts people to kind of gradually start to see that, oh, there's actually a plethora of intellectual kind of arguments for Christianity and um, also, you know, defences of Christianity against, you know, some of these arguments that are trumpeted very loudly by by some atheists. But um, that that that's that's very gratifying when I do hear of people who who have been made to think twice, at least. Yeah. Well, it's gotten me thinking, uh, so I definitely appreciate it. Well, so this this might be sort of a strange question, and, and obviously you can only speculate, but I mean, I'm curious, where do you think that you would be today had it not been for Unbelievable, spiritually speaking, that is? How might your walk with God be different? That is an interesting question. Um, it's so difficult to say, isn't it, where we might be if, if life hadn't taken the course it has. Uh, I suppose it would depend very much on what I was doing instead of Unbelievable. Um, I mean... I, I, I think that what would be different is that if I hadn't had the opportunity to engage at the level I have with, you know, the, the kind of intellectual arguments, mm. um, I, I would probably, um, I'd, I'd, I'd have probably just in some sense a simpler faith. Mm. Um, uh, I think whenever you do start to engage with more complex ideas and arguments, your your faith, in a sense, becomes more complicated because there there are more, if you like, philosophical, um, if you like, aspects to it and and sort of points of view. And so, when someone says something to you, you know, you, you're in, having a conversation in church with someone, and they they say something like, "Oh, but um, I think I think you know it was God's plan all along that such and such happened." You know, if if you if you're someone who kind of regularly is thinking about arguments about you know free will and <laughs> um, I don't know, Calvinism or, you know, uh, Armenianism or whatever, that, that kind of thing, you've got a whole kind of backstory there of, right. of, of, that could analyze that comment. Whereas for, you know, in inverted commas, the average churchgoer, those kinds of issues might not be raised because, you know, it's not said with any of that sort of stuff in mind. So in that sense, I, I, I have a faith which, I, where I've, I've been given the, the opportunity to think a lot more through some of the implications of all the, of, of those things. So if I hadn't done unbelievable, I, I guess I might just have a, a faith which, in that sense, was was somewhat simpler. But I, but don't get me wrong; that doesn't mean that a faith is is any sense poorer because sure. it's simpler. Um, and I think that's the great danger: is that there can be a sense. There's a danger, I think, in, in a Christian apologetics of feeling a bit superior to others who haven't you know engaged with theology at the same level or whatever uh because that's actually Christ what christianity is is it's i think there's a quote uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna mangle it now but something <laughs> about Christ christianity is simple enough for the you know for an illiterate peasant mm. to under to 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 understand and deep enough 
to allow philosophers for thousands of years to engage with. Uh, and for yeah. me, that's the beauty of Christianity. It, 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 it is for everyone and it will give you a lifetime of intellectual fulfillment. If that's what, if, if that's the way you engage with it, it will give you a lifetime of simply fulfillment at, at an emotional level. If that's, if that's uh, the way you engage with it. But obviously I love engaging with the intellectual side of it. That's, that's part of who I am. And, and uh, I love, you know, to encourage people who I see might really benefit from that as well mm. to do the same. Yeah. Well, so I asked you if I could interview you because I thought that your experiences would encourage Christians who might be a little timid, uh, you know, or fearful about exposing themselves to other points of view. And I, and I definitely find your story encouraging. Um, you know, obviously this kind of exploration should be done with care and, and not alone. Um, but that being said, if, if after all these years you haven't found the Christian faith unbelievable, <laughs> what message would you like <laughs> to leave my listeners with, um, you know, who might, who might be a little bit fearful of being challenged in this way? Yeah, I, I, I don't, I think that anytime you expose yourself to another person's point of view, it is challenging. Um, but I'd say that, you know, if we're modeling ourselves after Jesus, he, he didn't live in a bubble and he regularly engaged with people who had different views to him. And I, I, I think we've got to, we've got to start from the assumption that God is big enough to take care of himself, you know, mm. that God doesn't <laughs> need us to, you know, um, fight on his behalf. Um, mm. and, and from that point of view, you know, we, whatever we do um we, we we go in with that assumption um and that whether i feel like i win a, in an argument or a discussion or not it doesn't change my perspective on the fact that that god's in control but I, I, i'm not saying this is for everyone you know i mm. i think there are plenty of christians out there who are, 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 are in the right place and doing the right things and who won't necessarily engage in this way but I think there are some Christians who do need to engage in this way because they're in an environment where there are people around them who are asking the kinds of questions being influenced by, you know, the, the, uh, the atheist sort of secular movement. And I think that if, if, if their only response is, well, I just believe it and that's the way it is, that's, that's, that's a very poor response. We need something that's more thought through that's, you know, that because there are good arguments out there, it will mean turning up, doing some hard work and trying to engage. It mm. will mean being ready to be challenged and getting out of your comfort zone sometimes. But I do honestly believe that ultimately that helps. And at the end of the day, you know, if it's true, it's true, <laughs> you know, um, and we, we, we should be able to hear the best arguments out there. Yeah. You know, because if, if there are, you know, and, and hear what they are and be able to, to respond to them. I'm, I'm not saying that I can always say I know what the answer is to that. Sometimes I do have to say it's a tough one. I'm not <laughs> sure what the answer is to right. that one, but I never feel like, you know, I'd rather go in and, and know about that issue and face up to it than kind of bury my head in the sand. And, uh, and so I'd encourage people who, who, feel like they need to be um, engaging. I mean, I, I just literally spoke to someone on the phone this morning who um, I know, but I don't, but kind of wasn't really aware of my show. And, and he'd just started tuning in the last few weeks. And, 
and he's a Christian and said to me, oh, I've really been turned on to this whole area. And because um, I've got these atheists at work, you know, who I sometimes am interacting with. And I, I just don't never quite know kind of what to say, you know. Mm. And and that's the kind of person who I would say, yeah, turn up. You're, you're going to be challenged when you hear some what some of, you know, the non-Christians ha- have to say. You're going to hear some of the best arguments against Christianity here. Mm. But you're also hopefully going to hear some good arguments in the response. And and that for me is a huge responsibility as well, because it, I've come to understand how important it is to to put a good <laughs> a good Christian proponent on. Yes. Um, because other, otherwise, um, you know, I don't want to let down either side in that sense. It's, it would be wrong of me to field terrible atheist opponents because then <laughs> the atheist listening would feel that, you know, and, you know, I had a lot of flack. Um, for a program I did back in uh, June, I think. <laughs> I remember, um, I remember that for, one. <laughs> for a guy who, uh, and if he's listening, uh, my apologies, but, but be strong. Who, um, kind of, I I just thought was an interesting guy. He he was very sort of you know his style was very kind of over the top and everything. I thought, oh, but you know, I'm sure. Where, you know, when it comes to doing a dialogue, you know, he'll kind of settle down. <laughs> but he didn't. <laughs> and he just kind of went in their guns blazing. And I had a lot of um, criticism from, from atheists and Christians actually who said, um, Oh, you know, why did you put that guy on? You know, the, uh, this is meant to be a kind of sense of, you know, serious area place for debate, not for just having people who just want to have a rant kind of thing. Um, so, and I, I don't tend to do that very often, you know, mm. because I do appreciate. I have a responsibility to to try and really model, you know, the best arguments from both sides. But that was still a fun episode. (laughs) And uh, I'm glad I did it because I think actually sometimes that's that is where some people are coming from. And it's interesting to hear hear that kind of argument put forward. But yeah. So so uh, what was the original question? Just, um, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I I think that I do. I, I, I am mindful of the fact that it is a great responsibility when you're hosting this kind of a show. And I, I think I've learned a lot. I, I definitely made some mistakes in early on um, when I wasn't aware of who the best people were, who to call upon and that sort of thing, mm. where the arguments lay. But, you know, I'm human and, and I've learned and, uh, and I'm, I'm just really glad I can continue doing the show and, um, and motivating people to, to think about their faith. And if they're not a Christian about their they're non-faith assumptions. Right. Yeah, and, and I just do want to say, apart from the Be Strong incident, I think you've had excellent guests on, and, and uh, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to... I, I can't wait for every Saturday to come around <laughs> so I can download the latest episode. So, um, yeah. Well, this has been really good. I really appreciate you talking to me. How can my listeners tune into your show and get involved in the Unbelievable community? Well, you hear it every week on the show, but the, the, the webpage is www.premier.org.uk forward slash unbelievable. Uh, so that's the easiest way because there you'll, you'll see the latest, uh, show. You'll be able to find the links for downloading the podcast, subscribing via iTunes. You can also browse just the, the chronological, uh, archive of shows. I mean, on that front, we're, we're doing, um, we're, we're, we're going to be, uh, putting a, a major overhaul of the the web page into place so that we're going to be adding some more features soon oh. we're going to be adding a a kind of index whereby you can browse shows by topic kind of more than just by date so you'll be able to go to a kind of drop down menu of you know christianity and then different topics under that and then um religions so you can choose between islam 
Hinduism, Buddhism, whatever. Um, so, so if you're interested in getting to a particular type of area, it's easier to do it and, and to browse shows that way. But we'll also be adding other resources. I've got some video interviews with some well-known apologists. I've got um, some uh, written resources uh, on various areas of apologetics that we're going to be uploading to the show. We're, we're planning when we do that to as well um, launch, you know, it's, it's long overdue, but launch an official sort of Facebook and Twitter feed so that people who want to interact with the show that way can do it and just just basically you know um continue to increase the online presence of the show so uh premier.org.uk forward slash unbelievable will always remain the uh the, the main website page great well thanks so much for talking to me today justin thank you so much for having me on chris and thanks for uh you know having me an unearthly hour of the morning where you are to accommodate my <laughs> life here in the uk that's it's, quite it's very good of you <laughs> and sure. and uh, yeah, I, I enjoy getting your emails to the show, so keep sending them in, and uh, and thank you for having me on today. I will, and 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 uh, you know, don't feel pressured to read every one of them. <laughs> I, I, I'm not very, I, I'm very wordy, so yeah. No, it's fine, it's fine. I enjoy reading them anyway. So um, yeah, all the best, and um, uh, thanks for the podcast as well. I've I've really enjoyed listening to a few episodes of it. That means more than you can know. So thanks so much, <laughs> and have a good day. All right. All the best. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I'm repeatedly amazed by the guests God is granting me to interview on my show. Keep an eye out for an upcoming episode in which I'll be interviewing Joel Grote, Ministry Director of the Institute for Religious Research, discussing the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, otherwise known as Mormonism. I've also got a couple of topics in mind to talk about on my own, so thanks for listening, and I hope that you'll join me for the next episode of the Theapologetics Podcast. Podcast.